This episode of the Luck Stops Here podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. One of the best online sports books slash casinos. Use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000 on your deposit. It's a fantastic deal, everybody. And now, thank you so much for joining me on the Luck Stops Here podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bowser. I'm so glad to have uh, you guys with me on this episode because this is a fun one. My old buddy, Simon King, he lives in Vancouver now, but when he was in L.A. for a while, we hung out and did a lot of shows together in the stand-up days and had a lot of fun, and I think that definitely comes across in this episode. So please, make sure you're subscribing to the show, give us a five-star rating, and leave a little review. All those things help us so much. The show's been growing and growing, and I am so excited, and I just... I honestly, I, it means the world to me. I'm getting so much feedback from all over the place from so many different types of people. I really didn't think this was that had that kind of broad appeal. Uh, I thought it was just kind of one of those things that me and my drinking and gambling buddies would think is funny, but I'm glad other people like it. So without ado, here's my friend, Simon King. Thank you, everybody. All right. Here I am with my buddy, Simon King. Simon, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing great, man. Um, uh, it's been forever. It's been quite a while. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw you. I, you know what? I was, <laughs> I was gonna maybe wait till later because I think okay. you, I last last time we saw each other was the last time I did stand up comedy. My, really? The final, <laughs> the final stand up performance of my life, I believe, was the. It was when you, me, and Ed and uh, Sean Hart. Uh, yeah, at the Lucky, the no. Lexington. Yeah. In downtown, and then we went down to Wilshire Boulevard to the HMS Bounty after for drinks at the Pirate Bar. We did. Yeah, now I remember. Oh, my God. So that's two years, three years ago now, four years ago. A little over three years ago, yeah. It was like 2017. And I was just like, yeah, I'm over this. It's not making me happy anymore. And I was right. I've never been happier in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because when the pandemic happened, you know, forced into um, temporary retirement, and at first I was like, this is really great. Like, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I've got all this time. I'm not, I don't deal with all the politics, the bullshit. I'm not sitting in a car for 10 hours to go to some bar with 30 people in it who didn't know a show was happening. But then I went all the way through that to now I'm just like, get me out there. Yeah. <laughs> just losing my mind. I'm really, uh, I've really leaned into just doing the podcast thing here. And I like doing that a lot more because like I have complete c- control. I don't have any uh, venue owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, or anything i am the only person responsible hey it might not be much but i am the only person responsible for this piece of shit show (laughs) so i bet i bet ellen said that before (laughs) and she didn't look her staff in the eye hey because if if i had a staff i would look at them in the eye that's the kind of person i am I would stare them down. I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. What's your opinion, Dave? Just like, just like, really? Really? <laughs> man, man, mandatory eye contact. Be Never one of those people that like const- look at me. constantly aggressively making eye contact while shaking hands for too long. Like, yeah? Yeah, Bob? Yeah? You going to do this? Uh-huh. <laughs> Executive, eh? Oh, he should wear a hat? Just like uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, man. Just it's start like, well, jerking it in front what? of him. I'm- i'm glad you found uh, happiness on the other side of the stand-up comedy wall because it does feel sometimes like uh because you're right like i mean i I do a podcast i've done one for years but it's not you know it's not much i just it's just a little thing but having that control is nice i mean yeah not answering to anybody you know not really doing you know yeah i don't have to worry about i give myself the light (laughs) it's it's great i try to do that at the rope store 
Well, no, and, I, I, and the thing for me was the, like the main reason why I kind of stopped doing stand up. Ben Berman asked me this on the show, and I never quite got into it. But for people wondering, the main reason why I stopped doing it is like I was just kind of looking at myself in the mirror, going, "Dude, you're almost 40. I mean, I'm well over forty now. I'm almost forty two. I turned forty two this Sunday. Um, hey, yeah, happy birthday, um, child. But uh, but like, I don't know. I was just like, you know, like I'm not really making a living at this. I don't have like a big following or anything. It's not like yeah. putting me on a lineup really brings anything to the table, except me maybe or maybe not offending someone from the like the producer of the show's audience uh, office or whatever where they work at. Or I mean, yeah, it's like I, I'd rather just. Uh, you know, and it got to the point too where it's just like a lot of comedy was becoming really unfunny to me. I didn't really want to be there to watch it, let yeah. alone be one of the unfunny middle aged men going up there doing it. And... and the thing is too with comedy too is it's like so many people do it, but very few people are so committed to it that it becomes who they are. And then even those people get pushed out because like you said, things change. You just develop I mean I mean, I've been a comic twenty one years and being a stand up you know through that amount of time there's so much so many times i've just been like i just want out like i just want out of it because you get to you just don't understand it anymore like i feel like to me like i started trying to cross the the pacific on this little raft and then the boat got a little bigger and i was like now i feel safe but now the pacific's never ending and i'm like oh god i'm stuck on a boat you know so to be able to know when to leave something is almost as important as to as when is yeah. starting something. I felt like uh, the last thing the the fucking the world needed was another mediocre white middle aged man doing comedy just because he's been in a couple of fucking basic cable commercials or whatever, you know. And it's just like, yeah, you know, like I didn't, I don't have like the huge credits or whatever. But like for this, it's cool. Like yeah, yeah, guys, I've been in, on basic cable. What up, you know? <laughs> well the great thing about this is like i think i met you in like 06 or 05 around there around then yeah i think it was i, I think i met you at punk house i think that's where i met yeah, you. It was and, Galvez, um, yeah when comedy started like when comedy was back then it wasn't what it is now like nobody was doing it like everyone you know what i mean like it was like really like it wasn't what it is now where everybody tries stand-up it was like only the real psychos and rejects would yeah, end up it, there or you know, actors looking for a back way into the industry, but we could yeah. smell those fuckers out a mile away. And yep. so it was nice hanging out with like-minded before it was a business, you know what I mean? When it was just about being around people that you like and doing, being silly and being crazy. It was so and, weird back in those days, explaining to people that none of these shows paid anything. It was more about huh. like being like, it was like, we were, it was more like being punk musicians than anything else. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it felt good that way because it almost felt like, you know, as time goes on, there's less and less people that I can relate to about that time because there's less and less comics in it. So I always love the opportunity to catch up with someone or, or be, I mean, there's maybe two or three comics that I know that I see on any sort of a regular basis. And, and that would be more than a few times a year um, who have been doing this more than 15 years. They're just people just, and I don't think it's a young person's game, but I think it it is a, it is definitely a changing landscape yeah, for me, it's just more like... than ever before hitting my 40s it's like dude i don't really want to hang out in bars every night anymore <laughs> you just gotta... yeah yeah that's the other thing too yeah yeah it's like you just get to a point where you're like you know you go on the road with an opener and they'll be like let's hang out and be like dude i've i've, I've done this a thousand times i just want to go back to my room yeah and is like there maybe have a sound is there an early bird special i can eat somewhere at a local buffet 
<laughs> you're saving money. You're saving money because you have dinner before the show at four. Yeah. And then by the time you're done the show at ten, you're like, I'm gonna hatch forty winks. I'll see you in the morning. Yeah. Your opener's all hung over and destroyed, and you're like, Hey, let's go. Here we go. <laughs> you're up at four a.m., dude, having bre- continental breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting there for the good donuts. He shows up late and gets one of the twists, or she rolls in and gets a bad piece of toast, and you're like sitting there with cinnamon buns. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, and, you know what's funny? Yeah, you get, you get older. In this COVID shit, people have actually tried to trick me into doing like fucking virtual stand up, which I, if I didn't want to do it in front oh. of a live audience, the last thing I want to do is in front of a virtual fucking audience. And like, like oh, it's God, like, I hate it. And like, they'll always pitch it to me as like a way to promote my show. And it's like, well, I mean, there's, I mean, fuck, like, it's cool, but like, just play a clip from my fucking show then you have my permission yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's such a weird uncomfortable thing like I've, i'm trying to avoid virtual shows unless a friend really wants me on it or something like that or you know because i i i write on stage and so i just taped a special at the end of 2019 i spent 2020 the first three months of 2020 when i was on the road i was working on the new hour and i had it about 45 percent there because i had some stuff so it, it was it was getting there but then with no shows, all that's fallen away. I don't have any jokes. You know, I just yeah. don't have any jokes. So they're like, come and do my show. And I'm like, no, like, I yeah, nothing dude. to say. You know, and like, I've done maybe 30 shows since in a year. My buddy, know? Chris Durant, who was on a few episodes ago, uh, he had me, uh, he was like, I was like, yeah, I'll do the Savage Henry uh, Festival this last year because it was all virtual. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do, you know, and he's like. Okay, Bowser's yeah. Castle is the kickoff show for the entire festival. And I'm like, whoa, buddy, oh come God. on. <laughs> and, but, like, instead of treating it like a virtual stand-up show, I just did it. Because, like, it was all friends booked on it. So it was, like, Cornell and Rutherford yeah. and Danky and Sean Green. And, you know, and I was yeah. like, uh, I just did a fucking, like, round table where we all sat around and busted each That's other's awesome. balls. And, like, it was a lot of fun. And it was, like, like an organized yeah. kind of... It was like there was an organized chaos to it. It's like way more people than I would do on a panel on the show here. But it was a yeah. kind of a fun way to like, and it was, bef- I wish I, I should have recorded that one because I should have released that as a special episode on the Patreon. And I could probably mm-hmm. get the file from that from Chris. But yeah, like, I don't know. I think that's like the I mean, the way to do this, you know? Yeah, it's it's changed so much that like, you know, you talk to people as things are starting to, cause I'm up in Canada and, and things are easing up a little bit more up here. I mean, you guys are getting the vaccine faster than us, but there's also 10 times as many of you. So we'll probably be kind of at the same speed to the finish line. And as comic people are talking about opening things up more and more, um, you know, they're like, well, maybe virtual shows are the way to do this from now. And I go, look, I think virtual shows will have their place. They, they already kind of did like, so say you, say you can't go to say, you've got a, a show in some city and then you've got fans who are like, 20 miles away they can't make it in but they want to watch it being able to have them be able to see that show instead of having like maybe they can't get a sitter or they can that kind of thing i like so i'm still doing the live shows but maybe we're streaming them for people who can't make it that kind of thing i see but without the audience in the room i just don't i mean i've done a couple of corporates like i said and they're not i mean corporates are bad anyway but it's just uncomfortable and weird and the lag and, and I'm fast. And so for me, for it's like the listeners listening that aren't familiar with stand, the world of stand up, like corporate gigs are pay crazy money, but it's like, yeah. it's like you got to go into like a boardroom in front of a bunch of bankers and like, yeah. And I'm sure your AIDS goose joke didn't really play for those guys. <laughs> oh, that's old school. Look at that deep cut. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, what is they, that from like your first or second album? Like, I think it's from my first album. Yeah. yeah so that's the, yeah. uh, well, that would have that been 
just oh five oh six yeah that's about right so <laughs> i still you know what still that one that one resonates with people because people still yell that at me i used to have a bit too where the the punchline was uh african dick worm and every so often i'll be walking along or something and someone will just yell dick worm at me <laughs> i'm like that's not how i want to be known. i had a bit i don't right. want that to be in my hot pockets i had the dude though i have maybe one of the worst stories of this because like when i lived in echo park like right off sunset boulevard i would go to the bars at night and then walk you know, right around the corner to my apartment. And uh, one time, it was a, my friend's girlfriend and, like, her friends. So it was, like, people I kind of knew, but still this was, like, yeah. really bad. Um, but I had that old – I got a bit about, like, Megan's Law and Amber Alert basically saying, and, like, the, the joke kind of went, like, uh, <laughs> it should make it seem like these laws have been around a lot longer. So instead of giving, like, lot, names like Megan and Amber, maybe name it, like, Mildred's Law or Agnes Alert, <laughs> and like, and it's like it was a dumb bit. Like you know, you hear about a girl named Mildred getting hurt. You know, you're gonna get take you take, yeah. it, take it way more serious. Like Megan may have yeah. had it coming to her kind of thing. Um, oh, Jesus, <laughs> but dude, like, <laughs> no offense to any of the Megans out there, but uh, <laughs> love yeah, you, you gotta attack that on the end. Lo- love you all. That'll, love clear, you. that'll clear this up. <laughs> But uh, no, so like I'm walking down the street and like these girls are all drunk and they're just yelling at me, Scott Bowser, Megan's Law, Scott Bowser, <laughs> Megan's Law. And it's like, oh, no, no, like, like looking around going, no, she must be talking about some other Scott Bowser. I, I do not know this chap. It's uh, clearly Hunt's going around and introducing himself to his neighbors. <laughs> start walking faster with your head down in the dark and oh. he's clearly <laughs> just doing like it's put like, your jacket over your head it's, it's like fuck dude like man there's a moment where you want to be the hot pockets guy you know <laughs> yeah yeah you do yeah it, it, however annoying it would be to have people yell hot pockets you it's better than having people scream megan's lie <laughs> i thought dick worm was bad <laughs> yeah, dude. you're walking along megan's law Woo! sir can we speak to you <laughs> especially God, and yeah. like Especially when you look like me, you know, like guys that look like me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's you, not like a you fucking. Do look like a... I do look like someone that might be on a fucking government <laughs> registry for people who can't keep it in their pants. Like, pretty much like every a... acting part I've gone out for that hasn't involved one of yeah. my friends casting me in it, kind of thing. Yeah. Every part I've ever was either like serial killer or like creep. Or creepy serial killer, like, like almost every audition, dude. They would just look at my headshots and go, "Well, you only can play two parts, sir." <laughs> I, I I think I can't remember. I think it was during the El Cid days, and I think I said that you look like a guy who got kicked out of a cult for being too creepy. Like like you're like, you're like oh, we could just show everyone our boobs. You guys start like it's just like. <laughs> Like, yeah. It's like hey, get rid of Bowser. He's, hey, he's, they're gonna show their boobs, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, he keeps talking about touching dicks. I mean, okay, it's part of the cult, but like we don't have to do it every day. Like it's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, I I, de- I would definitely be involved in a dick rubbing cult. That would just sound sound like a <laughs> fun time, dude. You would be a great. You would be a great um, like fill in for like if they did another like if they do some sort of docu series about a cult. Like, you'd be like, look, I know the guy doesn't technically look like me, but I can pull off Jim Jones. So, like, bring me in. <laughs> oh, dude, I could pull off Jim Jones, man, with pull some makeup. Jones, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, you could, actually. Give me in that makeup glasses, chair. actually, kind of. Yeah. yeah, I could pull yeah, that yeah. off. Yeah, with that weird 70s hair. We had all the fucking... Yeah, give me the wig, you the know? The Jim Jones reference. That's the thing about somebody that's changed, too. It's like, 
obviously in 20 years, the references have changed. So like it used to be, you could make a Jim Jones reference and people would know what you mean. And now half the audience would be like, huh? Jonas? It's like nobody. Else. You're like you're not kidding. We gotta have another mass suicide cult, otherwise we're not gonna be able to really make jokes. And you know what? Like I think I get I would get a much better reaction on my 9/11 material now, 20 years later, than I did back in those days. Yeah, the wound was a bit fresh. It was a little, little open back then. It's so funny too because like comics now talk about like you know you hear these dude bros particularly like we can't talk about anything. I'm like, dude, you can talk about anything you want. You really can. You just have to be smart. You have to be funny. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like... Have to be funny. I mean, I doubt. I mean, like Stanhope's an example. No one's tried to cancel him. Yeah. I mean, they may be, maybe the head, but he seems to be cancel proof. I mean, you can talk about. You just have to be good at it. You can just. That's all you got to be. Is you just got to be. If you're just gonna get up there and be like, I just want to say the n word. Well, no. Yeah. Why? Like, yeah, <laughs> like I just want to talk about this, but have a reason. Have have a purpose because, you know, I I, I find now that stand up. In the early days of stand-up, when I started, like 2000 and stuff, it was such a forgotten, and especially in Canada, a forgotten and ignored art form that no one was there other than hardcore comedy fans. And it was slightly different that they would nitpick everything about what you did. It wasn't the subject matter. Like, like, but they were comparing you to, because they would type into the, you know, they, just before YouTube, they had like, they were listening to Carlin records before they came. Like, so no like, you better up your game. No shit. Like back when I first started in the L.A. alt scene, were like major headliners like Zach Galifianakis knew the biggest comedy fans by name. Like that's how tight knit yeah. the scene was kind of back yeah. then. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. And you would see the same people at the same show yeah. and in Vancouver. It Remember that old fucking dude that used to hang out at Santa Monica at the punk house? Yes, I do. That, yes, he, I do. He claimed to be Milton Berle's nephew, and and he would sit there in judgment of all the young comics. What's his name? Oh, Ken? no, Ken. Ken, yeah. Was it Ken was a cartoonist, wasn't he? I think I think he's. Am I so, think? Am I remembering this wrong? No, that was Paul Dale, the cartoonist, the guy that did the oh, sketch. Paul, okay, okay. The sketch drawings. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By, yeah, you do the sketch drawings. No, by Ken, yeah, I remember the guy you met. He was like. You know, old dude, yeah, and I would used to see, hang out at Punk House. I would see him at other shows in like the Venice, Santa Monica area when I was booked at other venues around mm-hmm. there, and I would yeah. see him at those places, and he'd be like, "You were better here," and I'm just like, "I don't give a flying fuck about your old oh, Auntie Milt fucking sucking giant horse cock <laughs> fucking story ass dude." Like, fuck yourself, man. Like, that's that weird thing too, is because they were part of like, I mean, we all have like. You know, you, you recognize your real fan, like fan fans. If you have a real fan that follows you around and stuff, that's different because like you've kind of accepted that relationship. But when it's just someone who comes to shows all the time and inserts themselves, because we'd be standing around outside having a drink in the alley or whatever after the show. Because the, back then, I mean, there was what, like 20 people would come to the show. So it was just yeah. basically comics and then the audience members would fuck off. And then we'd be standing outside having a drink and they would just insert themselves in the conversation, you know, like, well, this is, this changed the vibe you know what i mean it's like dad's here yeah. like let's, let's yeah, yeah hey let's go to the bar <laughs> over there let's oh uh, hey i'll see you later and then we all sneak over to the cabo cantina <laughs> i tell a story about you uh to this day and i i don't know whether it's one of those things you know where you kind of build something in your head and it changes and and i need you to confirm this to me because i oh, tell this story about you because i think terrified to know what it is but <laughs> no it's really good uh now i'm 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 not, I may be completely way off, but at one point you, you couldn't get stage time. So you would go to karaoke nights 
and do your act like in the middle of stranglehold or some shit. Stranglehold. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? No, yeah. Yeah, I fuck. Would, okay, good. It's true. It's pick, true. Because I, I, I would I've find told songs that story about you. long instrumental breaks yeah. and go up and do like two liners. Like to the, like. Oh, I'm so glad that's true. Because I've told that to people for years. I've been like, oh, my buddy Bowser used to do this thing. And then you I go got pick, you pick like Inagata DeVita. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you get so distanced from him and you go, is that true? Or is that just a, an old man's ramblings? And I'm so glad you confirmed it because that is going to be one of the coolest fucking things. Because you were doing that back in like, yeah, way back in the day, way before. There's no. I mean, I did that TikTok. technically before I did stand up when it was just like me and my buddies hanging out at our local dive bar at Slam Dunk on Whittier Boulevard. Shout, awesome. shout out to the old to the old gang, you know. But yeah, <laughs> that's dude, fucking I, awesome, dude. Because like, it was just like, yeah, it would be funny to like just kind of like. You know, and here's the thing: I don't ever plan on doing stand up ever again, but I would yeah. possibly buy a purple velvet tuxedo and do a lounge act where I riff and do, like oh. where I sing songs and kind of riff a little. Like that's something different, oh. you know. That is pretty bad. I like just do like a, an updated Clifton, like yeah. just do this because you have that to you where you have this weird kind of like um you have this you're you're very focusing to a room like gotta know what's going on with you like i think it's a combination of your look and the way you move and you're very funny but it's like that thing where it's just like you know some people focus a room just by simply being in it and i think you in a purple if you said more like a purple rick shapiro used to always tell me i had the funny walk like bill murray he's like you guys can just walk funny and like get a laugh out of that like you could just like wander in, and everyone's like, "Oh, what's this guy gonna do?" He's either funny, or we're all dead. Or just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he's the serial killer, as we covered earlier. You just start sizing us up for our kidneys. Uh oh, <laughs> this guy was gonna be funny. Uh, I have uh, a, well, I've made I a bed get, of ice ever, for you, sir. If I ever get down your way to do a show, if the world ever happens again, uh, I will make you come out of retirement to do five minutes before me. <laughs> okay, but I'm doing it like Tony Clifton style, full character. You dude. do whatever you want. You okay. do whatever you want. I'll supply the booze and I'll point yeah, you at the dude, stage dude. and I'll be like, because I'll just come on and be like, the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be like Tenacious D fucking with a Neil Hamburger opening forum where people are just booing oh, him off the stage. Oh, God, that's so fucking funny. Oh, I heard this thing. Someone told me that uh, Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees at one point. Have you heard that? I'm not surprised. Can you imagine? Yeah. Going Dude. and seeing the Monkees, like a state air. And then Jimmy. With your kids or whatever. And, and then, then Jimi Hendrix comes, comes out. out and opens. He's talking about. Lighting his guitar. Talk, just just, just back from Monkees. Hey, kids, I'm just back from Nom. Check this out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> everyone's waiting for daydream believer and he's just like, <laughs> just like i mean he's playing that's, his, that's playing the, the guitar best. behind his head and shit yeah <laughs> davy jones is like i can't fully fucking believe this <laughs> and, no, and you know there's gonna be that one kid there that's just looking around going man this is some good shit <laughs> yeah there's one kid, there's one kid there's one that's tripping balls like, already <laughs> there's one guy who's like 60 years old 65 years old right now and telling a story to everyone in the bar, oh, you want to talk about the greatest live show you ever saw? Let me tell you this. 1968. Chuck E. Cheese was the Center. opener, and then the middle act comes out. Oh, Hendrix kid. himself. This guy. <laughs> Imagine if that's the only way you got to see Hendrix live. Like, you're like, oh, I got to check that guy out again. And then he dies. And you're like, you mean the only time I saw him was, <laughs> this, was opening I, for the monkeys? Yeah, dude. Uh, I, dude, I've been listening to the Talking Sopranos podcast where they break down every episode. 
You're, oh, yeah? and did you watch Sopranos? Were you a fan? Uh, a long time ago. I think when it was okay. first run, I watched it. You know Paulie Walnuts on there, the old man uh, with the, the wings on the, in the side of his hair, like the gray tip? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, so Tony Sirigo, the actor that plays him, apparently used to be like a door guy at like Greenwich Village Club back in the day in New York. And, dude, he claims to have given Hendrix a wedgie. What? Yeah, he claims he gave, that he used to give Jimi Hendrix wedgies when he was younger. Would come by the club because oh they were both like army vets or whatever, you know. And so like he used to like fuck with them. And, like he was he he used God. to tell the Sopranos cast members he used to give Hendrix wedgies. So that's amazing. I also wonder like was like you think about like people you've interacted with like if one of them like what's the weirdest person that could have possibly become successful because now with internet fame too people just the the strangest people become you yeah know, that like one girl famous. got a netflix show for lip-syncing trump for crying out loud like the dumbest i i i don't understand the whole i i really don't understand what is comedy anymore in a lot of ways you know particularly what is stand-up it's definitely not I this mean, i don't get it i don't get it anymore because like i, I you stand-up used to be to me it was just like you would write your own material Hopefully you would go out on stage and you would tell jokes into a microphone. And then sometimes some people had puppets or whatever the hell they did, but the majority of it was kind of in that lane. And now it's kind of changed. I always used to say there was two types of comics, freehand comics. Those of us that take the mic out of the sand and mic stand Mm -hmm. comics. Yeah, there definitely are. Yeah. And then I I get, (laughs) we're both freehand comics. You know, we like to move around. I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) You know, imagine me. But like our, our friend, our friend, dear friend and sh- friend of the show, Alex Mesroby, and he's a big mic stand guy. You know, he likes to keep he's it. He's a in, big mic stand guy. Yeah. Keeps I it in the holster. My, Matt Champagne, yeah. another good friend. Uh, he, he likes to keep yeah. it in the holster. He's a mic stand guy. I was just trying to think of like, like, I don't think I've ever done a set with the mic in the stand. Oh, no, I did once because the mic was stuck to the stand. I only do it uh, if I'm like crank. I used to do that at Silver Lake Lounge, but I would be crank calling the bar that I'm performing at. So I have like my phone up and I'm holding the mic to it, like, and then like <laughs> crank call the bar you're performing. And usually it takes them a minute to realize it's the guy on stage <laughs> that's fucking. Like, I, I think there's an echo. What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> See, that's that. Yeah, I think that I think the weird thing now is too is because we have so many eyes on us that we didn't have before. Like ever since people started recording shit in the audiences, I mean, it changes how you do things. Like doing the weird crazy things that were just kind of special for you and everyone in the room that doesn't kind of i used to do a character called the paint huffing comedian where i would just fucking put spray paint all around my mouth and go up there and like and huff out of like look it looks like i'm huffing out of a bag dude like like (laughs) all every joke was about paint you know <laughs> it was all it was all like really bad paint and color puns. <laughs> I love the idea of you writing an hour of that and just sticking to it, like Dude. not leaving the character <laughs> and just releasing a special and then just being like, This is the special of and everyone's like, Well, he's gotta give this up at one point. Fifty eight minutes in, you're like, <laughs> Well, like, I gotta oh. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fantasize about reinventing myself as a as a as a character. I, I think I've taken almost long. Back. If I take a break, you know, if I if I'm still out for like two years here, I could yeah. probably return full on like Larry the Cable Guy style with some god awful character. You and probably make like could. ten million dollars real quick and get the fuck oh out. Oh my god! And just just take your jokes and just throw whatever twang you need to behind it yeah. or whatever it is you want to do. Yeah, dude. Like, like 
I, I always I was joking with the uh, I think it was Danky. But I was telling him like how I'm gonna come back to LA. Alfredo Corleone out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Godfather at the beginning. He's just nerdy little Fredo. But then when you see him in Vegas yeah, at the back. end, he's all fucking slicked up in his fucking pimped out suit with the coiffed hair and the sunglasses. I uh, last time I was in L.A., which is a couple of years ago now, uh, I was down there just, you know, just went down to do some dumb stuff. And I was down there on the Thursday night. My buddy flew down to visit me. He's just like, hey, I got I got the weekend. off. I'll come down. I was like, cool. So we'll, we'll go hang out. And uh, we get there and we're, we're staying in this place in West Hollywood. So we're like, well, you know what? Let's. Let's go get a drink. It's like a Thursday night, right? So we walk up to the street. I think we walk up to, I don't know where we were. It was Santa Monica. I'm not sure where we were. Anyway, we walk up. We walk over to find a bar, any bar. doesn't matter. Just want a beer. That's all we want, right? Maybe a whiskey. We go into this one bar, and it is the most cesspit, hellhole, LA, glittery shirts, people taking selfies, dudes, like, dancing way too weird. on the Like, it is the most stereotypical. It's like, like straight if, if, out of Entourage. It's the worst. Yeah, exactly. It is the worst. And we both looked at, I mean, he's a little more of that guy than me. And we both looked at each other and we're like, fuck this place. And then we just went and got drunk at the snake pit or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the snake pit rules. And you know what? That's so boss. That is a good, uh, speaking of the snake pit, you know what other place I like, uh, Simon? My sponsor, mybookie.ag. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, that's a good place. Yeah. This is a good spot for the ad drop, right? It is. Uh, mybookie.ag that's right i love going there and gambling on all kinds of stuff i bet on the slam dunk contest this weekend i lost because the, the the judges fucked me on that one and i almost won a pretty big parlay the other day because they have some of the better parlay odds i've seen on the internet that's mybookie.ag use promo code lsh and you will get or and use my show's uh link go to our twitter page uh at luck stops pot and uh use the lsh fucking goddamn promo code you'll get a 50 <laughs> fucking son of a bitch i don't even know how to say it i'm anymore. sorry <laughs> you have 50 percent bonus on your deposit up to one thousand dollars so and like you know it unlocks as you play it so basically if you just put a thousand bucks in and you drop 500 real quick they'll give you a free 500 immediately to replace that i mean that's kind of how that would work out for you so that's, that's mybookie.ag promo code LSH. Back to the show. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way you were like the fucking um, the, <laughs> the code is the fucking thing. I uh, I'm I only this is only the third episode. I think fourth episode. I've had this sponsorship now. Oh wow! So, so you want me to do? And it, I, this do is it. only the third one where I've done that. I'm trying to do it halfway through each episode. Oh, okay. Or, or, or not so much halfway, but just like around the thirty-minute mark. Stop uh, okay. and do a quick live ad read because I've been having fun with them, and they they tend to yeah. provide some laughs. I, I, I it like does. I like to provide some laughs with my shameless promotion. You know, hopefully. I love the name of your podcast, by the way. I forgot to tell you that I really do. I think it's a great name. The well, luck stops here. Probably. Yeah, well, unless you you know where the luck doesn't stop over at mybookie.ag. My bu- <laughs> That's right. Where you can use promo code LSH for fifty percent bonus up to a one thousand dollar deposit. So smooth. See, I'm a professional. God damn it! You know, I, I would never do that doing stand up. That would be ridiculous. That would never be funny in the middle of a set. Just be like, "Hey, this set's brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use fucking Hitler AIDS as your fucking promo code." I think Hitler AIDS. I think. 
I think being able to get your get your stand up set sponsored and just in the middle you stop is the ultimate. It, like that's ultimate when capitalism takes over art because the stand ups are supposed to be this kind of like you know the, the forgotten side of no, you know. We're here's the power move. Here's the power move to do it. Get like a fucking Pabst Blue Ribbon banner. Put it behind uh-huh. you. Put it behind you on all your sets, and then post those to YouTube and have them pay you for your YouTube content. Oh, that's a good idea. I do every. I drink bourbon while I work, and a lot of times I'll be like, "Ah, Jim Beam." And just, yeah. <laughs> is that, does that count as an ad? <laughs> Dude, you know what I want to do? Because I don't know if YouTube has a regulation for this. Just make my own fake cigarette ads. Just like me oh, smoking God. cigarettes, going like, "Oh, you know, it'd be great after a long, hard day's worth of work." Uh, smoking one of these fucking heaters right here. Give me, give me a palm all red, motherfucker. Just sure this will fuck lucky up your strike, penis, but it's delicious. Lucky strike, <laughs> non-filter. They made a comeback, fellas. The breath stops here, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, dude, I was just thinking today how I I want to be one of those old men casinos. So like, I want my life to end. Me facing racketeering charges for some weird gambling scam. Not with my bookie dot ag, but no. uh, that's perfectly legit everyone but i want to be like one of those old men in casinos with the oxygen tank at the courtroom hearing where i go into the back of the room with all the other old men and we order the deaths of our younger fucking counterparts in like oh four i did the san francisco comedy competition and one of the shows was in reno and um it was just it was exactly what you'd expect but it was like the people sitting at the slot machines when you walk up towards where the gig was, oh, which yeah. was just like a back room, there were people with the oxygen mask in one hand and a cigarette in the other. And they're just like, <laughs> just like, cause it was like 2004. Dude. So these people have been smoking like that since like 1955. I had to go <laughs> to the like, casino a couple of weeks ago. I was seeing that now with COVID and it's even funnier cause they got to work a juggle a mass into the equation. So they got the oxygen, the heater. And then when they're not, they got to keep it covered with the mask. It's quite, quite you know, impressive. You know you don't want to screw up that routine because then you'll just be like, <laughs> like have your mask on. They suffocate themselves with the just fucking surgical mask. Light the oxygen on a fire and then just. <laughs> <laughs> How are the casinos right now? Like, are they, are they, like, it must be pretty it's, empty. It, dude, I guess just this week they reopened, like, the pools and the clubs. But, like, I've gone to the sports wow. book a couple times to make deposits and pick up yeah. winners and stuff like that. Some of my big fucking winners, even though. I don't win nearly as much as I do over at mybookie.ag. I win far more there. That's where the winning is. Because I still use that stuff, even though I have access to all the casinos here. I still like yeah. to you know, use my lo- cool. the, the local uh, online book thing. But my, no, uh, uh, my gambling experience is not good. I'm not, I'm not a good gambler. <laughs> I'm very uh, bad at it. Dude, I'll take you to... See, I'll teach you how to gamble, dude. Because you know I what? I would love that. Because most people try and figure out how to win big, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what I do. I try and figure out how to get just enough house money to mm-hmm. to play for a while on their money and mm-hmm. possibly fucking hit a big long shot. But I'm always yeah. going to break even and get drunk on their dime. Keep... That sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Anybody who's like literally legit like trying to break the bank, you're going to lose. But if you just try yeah. to game the system, you can get hammered pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I look oh, at it. Dude, I fucking... That last time I was in Vegas... This is like quite a while ago now. I was with a buddy of mine, two buddies of mine, and one who just doesn't drink hard liquor very much. Uh-oh. And it was a great, it was a great, so it's me and um, uh, the, a couple of com- comedians and we travel in from Los Angeles. The idea is, it's just, we just spur the moment. We're like, well, we'll stay at the, 
think it was the Hooters casino back then or whatever. It was like, it was super cheap. Oh, it yeah. was like nothing. So we'll just, we'll share a double, like a big room. We'll just go, we'll basically be there for like, you know, we'll be in the room for six hours. We're just going out to drink and party or whatever, you know, gamble. And so my buddy, uh, he doesn't, he's not, he's a big, big dude, big, strong dude. And he, ha- he doesn't drink hard spirits very much. He's a light beer guy. And I, I remember saying distinctly to him, like, pace yourself a little bit. Like, this is going to be like, they're going to keep bringing you booze. Like, that's the way it works. And, and it's 24 up, hours, too. There's no last call where they're going to be dude, like, there hey, isn't. Dude. It just never stops. Yeah. And so we were walking up. We had one Bud Light at the Hooters. And then I was like, okay, we'll walk up to the strip. There's a bit of a walk. And we pass this place and we see all these, these fucking matching tracksuits. And we're like, oh, one of us is going to win enough to buy everyone matching tracksuits. That's how this fucking going down. That, that was our goal, right? All right. So then we go over to, like, Wild Bills or wherever the fuck we go. I have a friend who works at Caesars. So I go over there to visit. I said, I sat my two buddies down, the big guy and the little guy. The little guy's a good gambler, real good gambler. And so they sit down and they're playing uh, blackjack. And he's like, little guy's going to teach the big guy how to play blackjack. And as I'm leaving, I see them ordering like triples or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, oh God. And I go over to Caesars and I come back about 45 minutes later, not even that long. I come back. My big buddy is on the other end of the table now drunk like bright red drunk in about 45 minutes like trying to grab the dealer's cards drunk like that kind of level (laughs) of hammered talking to this guy next to him in a cowboy hat going this guy's gonna be my new dad like just (laughs) (laughs) so but he's so big and strong that i finally my 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 little buddy who's it's a total who's a of mice and men lenny situation or just... <laughs> totally it is so my little buddy who's a good gambler he's up a lot and he's like i'm not leaving this table i'm like i understand like and he can hold his booze i'm like i understand i'm gonna get my big buddy out of here so and i'm, I'm retracting names just in case they don't like it <laughs> so, so i say to my big buddy i'm like listen man wait here i'm going to the washroom we're gonna go outside we're gonna sober you up it'll be all right just stay here i go into the washroom i come out like two minutes later i can't find him anywhere i can't fucking find him anywhere then out of nowhere these arms just around me. I'm 250 at the time. He picks me up like I'm full of helium. And just like, this is my friend. <laughs> just, <laughs> as he pulls me outside. Oh, Cappy. So, oh, my God, dude. It was just like the most. So then we get outside. Uh, various series of events of him trying to insert himself into a commercial that was being made near the strip. Oh, and then we go to Earl's Sandwich. And um, my little buddy meets us there. My big buddy's like just so fucking gooned out of his mind, so hammered. So I'm like, we got to get some food in him. So we get a couple of sandwiches that I get him some potato salad. And I sit him down. I'll just put this in your fucking head. Now I'm mad because I'm stone sober and they're both drunk. And there's nothing worse than that. Yeah, that's awful. And it's also like 730 at night. Like this isn't late. We haven't been at this all night. Like it was not that late. Like we got into Vegas at like five. It wasn't fucking that bad. So then he's got, he goes over and there's these two working girls are just sitting there on their break, you know, they're just doing whatever. And they're Russian and not, or Ukrainian. They're not speaking English. They're speaking like Russian or something. And he goes over and he starts hitting on them very poorly. And I mean, I've seen bad hitting on before, but first of all, they just, they're just on their break. They're like, look, why are you talking? No idea. He comes back. He's got potato salad in his mustache, like here, like caked on. And then he, and then he leans back and goes, you girls screwed up. I opened for carrot top. And then just, (laughs) (laughs) so the night continues my little friend goes gambling he's doing great i go and play some slots and then i go let's get you back to the fucking the the hooters you're not and we're done it's like nine o'clock at night like that's it and i'm like i'm finished here so i go back i'm like i'm gonna play some slots can you at least sit at the so he passes out at a slot machine which you can't do obviously so the security guy comes over he goes you know this dude i'm like yeah so take him up 
put him in the bed. I, I'm like, fuck it. I go to bed. So the next morning I'm stone. I'm not even, I had one light beer. Like I'm beyond not hungover. Actually I got a lot of sleep, which was good. But then I make him drive hungover as hell all the way back to fucking LA. But we stopped somewhere. I don't know where the fuck it was. We're way out of the way. Cause he didn't look it up. He had no idea where he's going, which is easy enough drive to do. So we stop at a McDonald's and, uh, and he's just like, he's just still out of it, but he's like kind of getting together. And he's like, can you drive please? I'm like, okay, fine. As we're walking out, he throws the car keys in the air and it lands on top of the drive-through sign. I'm not fucking shitting you. One in a million shot. If you had put that on my bookie, you would have made a lot of money. <laughs> and I just over at the mybookie.ag like, prop builder, <laughs> you could have made yourself a millionaire with that one. I was like, what the fuck? I've never been more angry. And I love this dude. He's like a brother. And I've never been more angry. I was like, the last time I was in Vegas, it was just me being an adult with two idiot drunkards <laughs> you know what dude when i like when things were wide open and i would like occasionally would go to the strip for a show or a friend's yeah. town i would like to sit at the bar in like one of the big casinos on the strip right where yeah you watch the people come in for the weekend like the tourists and you can see like yeah. the, the group of like five dudes that are all gonna get laid and the group of yeah. uh, the, the bachelorette party girls that are, they're gonna have a lot of fun right yeah yeah, yeah. you do all okay what i love doing is like I can sit there and just fucking like pick them out one at a time and be like, that guy's going to get mad at that guy for getting too drunk and hiding their drugs, you know, <laughs> and that and what's good. But that guy over there is going to be the guy who actually did the drugs the whole time. Like I can read these people a mile away. It's like by the end of that trip, those two girls won't be talking with each other anymore. That's how this goes. Like, you know, I feel like this should be your show. I feel like you should pitch this show. It's Bowser's people watching, and then you just go and you just set up a camera. Dude, <laughs> dude Tonight Show or whatever should give me a fucking segment where I just fucking dude, remote, walk around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be fucking great. Just you want a remote, just watching people and being like, I can. And then they check back in later and with how what your you know what your percentage of hits was, how well you. Oh did man, and... I, I guarantee you a seventy percent plus accuracy on this, dude. No, no. But see, that's the com- that's the comedian in you still is the people watching part. You can't you can't escape that. It's your Jason Bourne yeah, thing, dude. No, you, know, like, you don't true. realize you got the programming. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> that guy over there, he's gonna fuck. It. <laughs> that's no, you got it's funny too, but like also like it is like being like a fucking like martial artist, you know, kind of thing where my yeah. my my words are lethal weapons. That where it's like like when I'm joking with a normal person, sometimes I realize like, oh yeah, yeah I, I cut them. I can't do yeah. this to normal people the way you can a comic. Like, yeah yeah you can't yeah you got to watch that because like you'll be like yeah you'll you'll if especially if you're spending too much time around comics and then you try and be around yeah normal humans like yeah. you're at a dinner party and then you say something and you're like oh you don't understand i'm joking yeah like, see, I'm, not, I'm not really that guy i'm making fun of that guy okay see when i talk I, about uh me coming on all your bodies to throw off the cops when someone else murders you that's a joke you know like that's uh yeah, that's, that's not real that's not, <laughs> that's not a fantasy that i've written down in my book yeah i don't know um, <laughs> my brother doesn't murder people and i don't come on the bodies to throw everybody off the trail like that's not <laughs> this what would we be a do weird at time all to mention it this would be a weird time to confess if it was <laughs> i was like that when comics would say stuff on stage like they think what they think is shocking is like they'll be like i killed these four people it's like we know you didn't we know you didn't because what kind of an idiot murderer would go on stage 
what's disturbing is when you go, I think about killing four people. It's like, that's disturbing because I don't know if that's true. You got to tell these murdered someone. I'm like, nah, I know you didn't. So you'd always look out for those guys who would come on and just be like, you know, it was like, uh, you know, uh, waffles are weird. And you're like, that guy's killed four people. I'm like, that guy's clearly killed four people. Honestly, that's that's a, a good idea for a comedy show. Do a sling blade comedy night, dude. And everybody acts like Billy. <laughs> dude. Another ten minutes on biscuits. Hey, well, speaking of people <laughs> watching here in Vegas, dude, I have a good local news yeah. story for us, man. Okay, or I'm just yeah. gonna read you this headline. And I'll, we'll kind of briefly cover this local news story. This, yeah. It's from local uh, NBC three here in town. Man detained after climbing portion of Eiffel Tower on Las Vegas Strip. A man has been what? detained after he climbed a portion of the replica Eiffel Tower at Paris, Las Vegas, on Friday, according to police. Someone reported just before 1.20 p.m. So 1.20 p.m. He's fucking... It's just the afternoon. <laughs> he's turned up for climbing fucking the Eiffel Tower on the Strip. That's your prime tower climbing time. A person was climbing the bottom portion of the tower on the Strip said Officer Aiden Acampo Gomez with the L- LVMP. It's the Metro Police. That person remained on the tower for several minutes, and the sidewalk in front of the resort could be seen blocked off as officers and at least one fire engine responded. So one fire engine came out for this guy. That's that's cool. Uh, yeah. You know, like, the man eventually came down and was detained by officers just before 2 p.m. The Campo Gomez confirmed. And then here's where it closes with, uh, there's no immediate word on why the individual climbed the tower. I can tell you why. He was fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. That's what he wasn't doing that because he thought, oh, this will be fun. Like, no, he's doing that because he's it's insane. Like, he wasn't doing that to prove it wasn't politically motivated. Yeah, he's like, no. yeah, you know, free Palestine. No, he was just, he's just fucked. <laughs> I'd like to see him get out and immediately try and climb the fucking Statue of Liberty in New York, New York. It'd be funny if once they bring him down, he's like immediately tries to climb the fire truck and they're like, get off the fire truck. I didn't like the climb, bro. He tries to climb Officer Gomez. He's like, come with me. But this is a pretty fun little local story, you know. Uh, That's hilarious. And is that, I mean, would that be a tourist or a local person? Here's the thing. I I see I'm probably, it's probably a tourist. I mean, if it was over there on that part of the street. Yeah. And what I'm guessing too is like, what this, what this tells me more than anything is things are coming back to normal sooner than we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've been living in this lockdown nightmare for a while now, and like it looks like there's a, this guy climbing the Eiffel Tower on a Friday fucking afternoon is a big time light at the end of the tunnel right now, dude. <laughs> never, never mind the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine. This guy climbed. A t- we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be just <laughs> fine, everybody. I love the idea that he can climb. He can tell everyone, oh, I climbed the Eiffel Tower, and he just now, leaves the Vegas hey, part I, out. I got yeah, to ask you this one, dude. I mean, I mean, we can go off on mm-hmm. this guy for a while if you want. Yeah. I mean, but is there like a Canadian version of Vegas? Or is it just you just come down to Vegas? Yeah, we don't really do that. Like, it's like the thing about Canada, too, is like we have like, I mean, our gambling laws, we do have casinos and stuff. Like we have, um, you know, uh, we have a couple of casinos in town, like, but we don't have. You, live, like, you still live in Vancouver, right? Still in Vancouver, yeah. yeah. We don't have like that centralized kind of casino hub where everyone goes. Like, we don't. We, you know, Canada is the the is the Branson, Missouri of countries in a lot of senses. So there's not a lot <laughs> yeah. going on here. Like, so, well, it's because so, like here I mean, you have Vegas here, and then you have on the East Coast you have yeah. Atlantic City, but even outside yeah. of that, you have all kinds of like California uh, Indian Reservation casinos. And there's a bunch yeah. of Connecticut and Rhode Island now too. I mean, they're all over. Like, 
Yeah, we do have casinos. We have quite a few casinos. Um, and then there's like sort of, uh, there's like gaming commissions, but it's very government regulated here, right? So I'm just like, thinking uh, of someone in like, line casino, like, if, like Edmonton, you know. it turns out Edmonton had a big casino district and it's like, some guy got hammered and tried to climb the maple leaf down at the <laughs> fucking, uh, <laughs> the big the big tree casino over in Edmonton. Froze to death. Yeah, fro- <laughs> fucking froze. <laughs> well, we do have we do have the casinos, but like, and I've done some casino gigs, and it's like, I mean, we have casinos in places like there's it used to be this long running casino in this place called Grand Prairie, Alberta, which is like, um, ironically, like the the least lucky place. (laughs) 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 I remember the best day I ever had was they booked me for the gig and I was taking a nap before the show because it's like a six hour drive from Edmonton. And I got a call from the the booker and she's like, "Uh, can you see it? First words. And I go, what? She goes, can you see it? The casino's on fire. And I look out the window, the casino's on fire. The back of the casino, she's like, all right, well, there's no gig tonight. We'll pay you anyway. I was like, that's the only time I've won at a casino. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was fine. They just had a bad grease fire in the kitchen. But yeah, our casino, it's not necessarily, we don't have the same sort of um, like Canadian gamble and stuff, but that centralized hub of like a Vegas or something doesn't really exist. I mean, there are places with casinos, but you, we don't really have that. I need to I take you to Laughlin, bro. Laughlin? Mm-hmm. Lori Laughlin? <laughs> yeah, Lori Laughlin. Yeah, and <laughs> Becky, she in she's in jail. And then when she gets out of jail, we're going to take her to Laughlin, Nevada. What's in Laughlin? Laughlin's on the Colorado River on the Arizona, like the Laughlin side is Nevada. And then mm-hmm. the Arizona side is Bullhead city, Arizona. Okay. Well, and cool. so you're right there on the river and, uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty dope. Cause there's like a whole like boardwalk of like riverfront casinos, but it's oh, like, that's awesome. And it, but it's basically built for like 75 year olds. So it's that's like, even better dude. So like, <laughs> I, I went two years ago, like a bunch of friends and stuff. And it's like, Dude, by the time like 10 p.m. hits, everyone's asleep and we have run of all the tables and bars and shit. Oh, I love the idea of that. Because to me, one of the problems with Vegas is the amount of complete madness in Vegas. Because Vegas... You got to like, stay I, away I, from I, the strip in Vegas. You got to go to downtown. Well, yeah. That's the <laughs> number one I've thing. I've been to Vegas a, a few times. I did for like a festival and, and a show and then a couple of... But I never really spent a lot of time in Vegas. And it was almost always just... I was there for like overnight or... That was it, two nights, you know? So I'm never there for really long enough to get the feel for it. I feel like Vegas is one of those places where if you really want to get to know, you kind of have to ensconce yourself in not not the strip part of Vegas. You're right, like the yeah. outside parts. Downtown's know? cool, but like, dude, like the local spots here are pretty awesome. Like the, because the casinos that are built for the locals, yeah. like have a movie theater and a bowling alley and, you That's know, cool. a bingo parlor and five different good restaurants you know like they all have a good steakhouse they all have like some sort of asian spot they all have an italian spot they all have a seafood spot like see i dig that like i dig the idea of it being like because like i look at gambling like particularly in casinos and stuff is sort of like well what what would i pay you know take the lady out to the movies it's going to be you know it's 50 bucks by the time you're done 60 bucks whatever so why don't we take 50 bucks and go play penny slots and drink and be stupid you know and then and then you're walking away from it anyway. But I mean, every time we've done that, we've got at least a couple hours of entertainment out of it because you win just enough to kind of stay planning. You don't really get, you're just drinking. And I'm like, that to me is what I treat it like. And I mean, I, I never, you know, you get that weird nervous energy in casinos where everyone's like, yeah, you're right. Trying, I got my lucky monkey's paw. But I'm going to fucking hit the, you know, it's like, it, it, that's weird to me. It's always like, yeah. you just treat it like what it is, which is it's recreation. You're just chucking. It's like buying a lottery ticket. Like you're buying a lottery ticket not to win. You're buying it to hope you win to dream for yeah dude, like i like betting on sports because you know when i watch yeah. a game 
all right, now I have a fucking ten dollar investment in the outcome of this game. There's a reason yeah. for me to want to watch this. Like, yeah, it brings it brings it up. We should bet on comics. You should go to an open mic night and bet on stand ups. Oh, me like, and Sean Green. I think she's going to be good. Sean I think Green and I have done that, dude. Have sure. you? Yeah, dude. Like that's the best. Just like I think, I think she's going to kill. I think he's going to fucking fall in his ass. No, no. It's usually <laughs> like uh, how many jokes in will they uh, say? Oh, look at the notepad and say, "Hmm, what else do I have?" Oh. <laughs> there used to be a night up here where they would do like open mic bingo where they would like for every time a comic would do something you would get like a certain amount of like dude, your yeah. bingo card like, that, like dude that's a good idea everyone would do like this is an impression of my uncle like that kind of thing yeah, yeah. Like, eh. every time some dude every like, time someone humps the stool think <laughs> <laughs> who's still hanging on to that in their act you know who does a great was... stool humping is barbara gray does a fantastic ironic stool humping ironic stool humping is the best That's where the word, what, what she basically do? basically tackles it to the ground and fucking just abuses it and it's <laughs> so funny i've seen her do that a few times it's very very funny I just want to be in comedy long enough that my shitty old impressions become retro and, you know, vintage. <laughs> so yeah. I, so I, can, I can dig up my act from 2002 again and Dude, be like, no, I got an hour. Hey, the, the real key is just live long enough to fucking bring back, like, wearing the arrow through your head. <laughs> oh, fuck. Could you imagine? Just walking out on stage being like, oh, someone already do this? Excuse me. Just, like, <laughs> just do all the... Well, I did one for a thing we did once. I did... Um, we were doing this, uh, like... Chris, it was Halloween time. We were doing this like nerd show, nerds and geeks. And I did, uh, I didn't want to, they're all doing dressed up in characters from like Game of Thrones and doing stand up. And I'm like, that doesn't suit me. It don't work. But I did uh, Andrew 20 sided dice clay. Yeah. So I came out as the ultimate geek insult comic. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> really like, funny, dude. I met this dude dressed as hand solo. He was so hot. I shot first. Hey, like just <laughs> like it was just. 25 minutes of that and i was like oh dude i can never use that character again but what a fun ridiculous so i like shit like that like the bananas of it and that's something that like you know i kind of one thing i really miss about live stand-up now that we're doing because you you like you could go and just be ridiculous like and it was no no one was watching no one cared and now everyone's up there trying to get their yeah trying to get their netflix special i'm like oh dude and they might get it you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing like <laughs> that, five that... minutes no, I'm like, dude, that's why it's like, to me, like, I used to like stand-up because, like, back then, it was basically you either did stand-up or you did improv. There was very, very rarely crossover between the two groups. Yeah. The only time those two groups came together was for sketch shows. Where yeah. Sometimes you'd have comics like me writing for improv kids performing. Kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they were different worlds, yeah. Yeah, and like, dude, like... Uh, having like I, I mean that's what I originally did was I was originally a sketch writer and uh, performer a little and then like I, it was like there was a, I saw the fork on the road in front of me do you go to the stand up mm -hmm. side or the fucking improv side that's exactly what happened to me I was a sketch guy before too and then I was just like I don't need three other people to exactly do this. that's what I, I was like I'm on my own <laughs> no because I got tired of writing stuff for shows and being like no they didn't do that joke right this yeah is, you yeah. know like yeah the frustration level of it I like I mean I did improv a few times too but I was like oh you you could only be as funny as the least funny person or, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't, you can't, you're relying too much on it. One of the things I like about standup is you're alone. It's yeah. completely. Up I always to said you. it's walking the plank, you know, you're a pirate. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, it is. You, yeah. you gotta go out and walk the plank. Whereas the improv team, they're the sailors making you walk the plank. <laughs> like, yeah. Forcing <laughs> you all out to sea. <laughs> we were at punk house once years ago and uh, I was sitting in the back with Ed and there was like, an improv group came down 
and there was like four of them and they, it was like there was this five or something and the stage was like full and I leaned over to Ed and I go, it takes five of them to do the job of one man. Like, Americans. look at them up there laughing and joking. Yes. And yes. And <laughs> yes, yes. Net, net. I do. I do all their jobs at once. I am real <laughs> the <comic>. Russian improv <laughs> coach. <laughs> 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 Okay, for this scene, you are in Gulag again. And uh, it's very dark. <laughs> you, for this scene, you remember your brother was sent to Siberia for looking at pornographies. <laughs> <laughs> now, be, please tell me what you think of the leader. And this will not be recorded, but it will be recorded. <laughs> okay, that's how they reprogram you. Yeah, they they get... reprogram their political persons by sending them to improv class. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> like the americans but with I improv just, actors that man yakov smirnov he is enemy of states he does he is not, not for us <laughs> he does not speak for russian improv masters tv has never watched you dude uh, okay honestly russian improv masters is a funny bit it, like, it's a pretty russian <laughs> <laughs> it's like i dude, need I, I need job backwards are that is not job <laughs> i'm picturing like the russian improv version of fucking uh james lipton Inside, in, it's like it's like inside the fucking Russian improv studio. Inside like, the actors' gulag. So, for me to uh, ask you, you play many characters, and uh, some of them are not loyal. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> it's interrogation. Yeah, it's just it's just KGB interrogation. Like, <laughs> I need an occupation. Putin. Nope. Okay, show's over. That's show's it. over. <laughs> Government funding has been cut. <laughs> I need location. Submarine! Best submarine! <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Staying yeah, I, on I Gorbachev's kinda... head is not funny comedy. We we do not teach that here at this school. <laughs> that's, that's in the forbidden joke, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... not all... These are things you're not allowed to joke about. You're going to want to get the pen. And they just, <laughs> <laughs> just like all the things you can't uh, One thing we will let you have is Khrushchev. We really don't you're care. Like <laughs> Khrushchev could, Khrushchev is fine. <laughs> Here's a good example. Khrushchev, Gesundheit, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. It's very funny. We, I like how we, uh, accent is just kind of we all over praise the great leader Stalin, and we hate uh, pinko, pinko socialist commie. <laughs> no, they like pinko socialist commies. No, they? no, 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 but like the, oh, like okay. the original one. Like, uh, I'm, talk, I'm thinking of Trotsky, you know, like. Cause, oh, like, Trotsky. Because Tr- Trotsky had the more like non-authoritarian version of it. And yeah, Stalin had like, the you're gonna want that iron. You're gonna and want that iron fist. When you had two guys vying to take over for the OG Lenin, uh, guess who won? The guy, the authoritarian Stalin, and not the uh, more the guy uh, who in- invented Photoshop just so he could remove people from pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. murdered them like that guy. Dude, have, you ever, have you ever seen Young power. Stalin though? The young pictures of him. Oh yeah, with the big heat. But he was a looker, dude. He's a like a hot dude, dude, man. Like yeah, a pretty handsome dude. Yeah, with that like... big old beard. Is that true? That story about like he was out when he was like him and a friend were on a double date with these two girls, and I I think this is true. I heard this story, and he said that's how it always starts. I think this is true. I heard this anyway. Uh, I am Russian improv master. I will let you know if your storytellings are true. And they're walking down next to a river, and they see this uh, fawn. She's stuck on a little island. And um, the girl that Stalin's with is, like, 
you should go help the fawn get off the island. And he's like, okay. And he goes over to the island and just breaks the fawn's <laughs> legs and then just walks back over. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like, if that's true, that guy is the worst human ever. Also, he killed 20 million people. But yeah, the fawn hey. thing, <laughs> like, at what point does she, she like, I think that was a bit of a red flag. Like, you know, he's a nice guy at dinner, but then he broke that fawn's legs and left it to die. So it's not great. I don't well, know. If he gives me the rose at ceremony later, I might accept it. I will still accept it because I like to stay on Russian bachelors. Dude, we the should, Russian bachelor. We, you go with him. You go with him. You go with him. He's done. Problem. We should just so, move to Russia <laughs> and uh, take over their fucking TV program. We're like, here's how you rip off American programming. <laughs> just go over to them and be like, here's the notes. From, so what you guys need? Audition for you guys need a, your version of the Maury Povich show. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we are going to give you all lie detector tests. <laughs> we have, we, we have given you all lie detector tests. Uh, we asked you, do you think Putin is the greatest? You said no. Uh, we have determined that is a lie. Next person. <laughs> <laughs> Here is pit full of snakes. They said they have the bigger bang theory. It's much bigger, more powerful bang. It is <laughs> the biggest bang. We, uh, you're not allowed to Even talk about Chernobyl. Uh, not allowed to talk about Chernobyl. No, can't bring, that up. can't bring up. Just... You know, one thing that the U.S. and Russia could technically bond over is an utter failure in Afghanistan. But oh yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> they... Yeah, I mean the thing is, the thing is, what I is like if 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 Russia in the '80s with no ties to any international courts or anything just could do whatever they wanted if they couldn't figure it out with absolutely no accountability to anybody then i don't think anyone's going to figure it out and yeah. i think more, more power to the afghanis like it's just like i love the fact the afghan so russia and america terrified of each other at war with each other in the cold war for years biggest most powerful countries on earth afghanis were like fuck you guys no yeah all, <laughs> like, all we go? got is oil and heroin and we're gonna fucking yeah. we're gonna do these the best we can, yeah, well, which is all you need, really. If you oil got oil and heroin, and heroin I mean, you got a thriving uh, economy for the ruling class. I'll tell you that. Well, it makes me feel uh, more secure in Canada because if America ever decides they want our water, um, maybe they'll be like, "Well, hold on, it'd be like Afghanistan but cold. Like, do we really want to deal with yeah. this? Like, just yeah. a bunch of guys like, oh, fuck, hey, bud, get the fuck out. Like, just guys riding polar bears and spears. I always like the it. movie Canadian Bacon, John Candy. That was a good movie, yeah. They, they go to and invade Canada. They go to invade Canada, like just a bunch of dudes from the bar. <laughs> well, you know what? It wouldn't take much. I mean, you could basically, you could try, like, things. But it was everywhere but Vancouver just gets too cold. The only people that would survive is like if you're from Minnesota or Delaware, Wisconsin, you'd probably be all right. But Delaware? the rest of the country isn't Delaware cold? Yeah, Delaware is like mid Atlantic. I mean, it's like, I mean, Pennsylvania, Maryland. Right oh, there. no, I'm thinking Dakota. Sorry. So North Dakota. Yeah, Dakota. There you go. Yeah, no, the Dakotas are cold. No, Maine. Delaware. Yeah. Delaware. You, you guys can just have Maine. We don't give a fuck about them. I'd like Maine. That'd be all right. We were going to take uh, Washington and Oregon and California and Alaska and make our own little country. That'd be cool. That'd be uh, interesting. Freedom. I wouldn't mind Nevada being included in that mix. That'd be cool. That'd be dope. I like Nevada. I just feel like it's so you nice moved. Here. Yeah, you moved from what? What? What prompted the move? Well, I mean, L.A. I, I, I mean, basically, it's like, dude, it's one thing when you're doing open mics and auditions all the time, but when you when start doing something doing open mics and then the auditions start drying up, it's like, yeah, what, what am I paying all this for to live here? Kind of thing. 
And yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel even like that a little bit with Vancouver because Vancouver's horrendously expensive. And it was just getting like, like I don't know. I was paying like my. I had a studio apartment. Me and my girlfriend had a studio apartment that was fucking like tiny and in a hundred year old building and falling mm-hmm. apart with roaches on the you know everywhere and just yeah, just disgusting. Where it's like, dude, for the same price here, we have like a fucking like luxury con- like one bedroom condo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it is like that. Like, and I think more and more since like stand-ups changed because like I'm the kind of guy who would go out, you know, three, four nights a week minimum to work. Like I just work material and then I go on the road. Uh, even since the kid was born, I'm still I still go out at night. I put him down. I go out, and then uh, I just leave him in the house by himself. My wife she goes out too. He just he's got a pack of cigarettes. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just like these are pretty great. Left him a six pack and some cigs. He's good. <laughs> He's got he's got Thomas the Tank Engine. He's got light beer, and he's got these <laughs> filters. They're menthol. He's good for him. Anyway, um, but now it's like I feel like oh man, I I kind of want to maybe move out to the country and get a little compound. You know, build a bar in my backyard, a little studio, start doing stuff. Yeah, you know, maybe I mean, it's because I'm old. I don't know. No, I think I mean that's definitely part of it, dude. And like, I mean, dude, my dream is just to move to like Montana and have a Unabomber shack where I do this show from in my uh, underwear every day. That would totally suit you too. I'd thrive in that shack. situation. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the Bowser Shack. Yeah. It'd be a whole new style. It'd be a whole new like, thing. It's old, old man Bowser Shack up there. Dude, yeah, just yeah. writing man I no I no longer tweet. I write mini manifestos. Like <laughs> <laughs> would you just use your twitter for that yeah. it's just every line everyone's just single sentence tweets but if they put it all together like some code breaker like mind hunter figures yeah it out. yeah it's, like, like, oh, shit. it's just like oh dude he's been fucking warning us about sarah jessica parker this whole time man <laughs> she's an agent she's an undercover agent and when her people from the planet zord come back it's like oh okay how the <laughs> fuck you think she got sex in the city rebooted huh huh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the idea because Flat Earth started from people just kind of bullshitting. So I love the idea of Sarah Jessica Parker being an alien. Is this is where it starts, and then yeah, five dude. years from now you got people in Congress believing it. I mean, dude, <laughs> all we got, I, I can pitch the dumbest theory on if I just commit to like a really dumb theory, like Flat Earth. Yeah. dude, you know I had a funny idea for Flat Earthers because uh, like I found this out like you know how you always hear about like, these like right wing fucking media monsters that like somehow get booked at like Cal Berkeley and then it causes a huge yeah. uproar and the, and the students protest. And then like, there's a, oh, oh. all it is like every public school has to have like, so like a public space for people to speak as long as yeah. they pay the security department deposit and fine. So it's like anyone yeah. can, like technically, if I want to, I can go to Berkeley, UCLA, like one of the better public schools in California or whatever. Yeah. And give a flat earth lecture. As long as I pay like the seven hundred and fifty dollars and like and be like oh, God, official so UCLA flat Earth lecture and promote it like that. Oh my God, that'd be so funny! You just do a tour and you have a book, but yeah. the book is just a pamphlet because it's flat. And you're yeah. like, look, it's just the way it works. Well, you think this thing? Dude, <laughs> yeah, that's how you get back into entertaining, like stand up, like live entertaining. Is instead of coming back with your tracksuit, you come back as that guy. You write a book, self publish a book. Scott, Scott Bowser's Earth. Well, it doesn't necessarily need to be flat earth for flat earthing. I mean, I can come up with a. There's a lot of bullshit. I can probably make something up better than a flat earth. I mean, uh, it'd be great. Like, make something up, make up a new thing, and make up see a thing how big how, you like, can build the cult. The Eskimos are really the real Jews, and that they've been controlling the things <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> 
like something way out there where it's like, yeah, man, if it's, it goes goddamn Eskimo banking cartels. That's 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 what's fucking that's what's fucking the whole fucking program up right now, man. I love the idea that, that like that becomes a thing on 4chan or Reddit or yeah. something. And before you know it, you're you're Q, but it's yeah, thousand dude, on. it's like bouncing. Like Thousand on, thousand on. Just, <laughs> You're like, I was just fucking around. Please. All these, <laughs> all these dudes start wearing like fucking like like killer whale pelts and like solid. Let's go and melt down their houses. It's like, what the fuck? Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, well, guys, I don't, I don't know if you got the fucking satire on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny too because like nowadays, like there's 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 no real accountability for that. You can just say what you want and then it just gets out there in the world and it's like, it takes off. I mean, I wonder if the person who started the flat earth thing is like the people just sitting back going, Oh, this is out of hand. Like we didn't expect this. <laughs> like, this is See, I was going to start an anti Alex. Jo- I had, I bought the website and all that, uh, cuck wars. And I cuck did the font wars. that looked like Infowars, And I was going to do a whole thing with that. But then I realized like, dude, I put myself out there on this. I'm going to start getting yeah. death threats. Cuck wars, yeah, you'll get death threats for cuck wars. And Unless like, it, it sounds like that sounds like a show that was on like you know like t- TBS at two o'clock in the morning. It's just robots. That's why I'd rather. <laughs> that's why for people that you know that aren't. It's fine. Like you know what is this? I think this is episode twenty eight now. This is gonna nice. like took me twenty eight episodes to unveil my real plans of exposing the fucking Eskimo banking cartels. I love the idea of just like someone somewhere. It will resonate with them and be like, Fine. "Dude, I knew it! Finally. Finally, someone's saying it." Was, you know that makes sense, right? Because it, and then they just they draw the lines for you. You don't even have to do yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I, put it all together. No, I mean like occasionally I'll, I'll like it becomes like cue where I'll say something like, "Yeah, I watched that movie, The Big Chill, the other day. It sucked." And I'm like, "See, that was a secret reference See, to the Eskimos." <laughs> They should have like they should have like a, a, a like a generator like a, a, a crazy conspiracy generator online where you just pick one thing from three columns and then just puts it together and then it just sends it out in the world. Well, did you ever see, see that South Park legs. episode where they do like the uh, how to write a family guy joke and then they yeah, have the manatees, the manatees picking the ball? That's basically what it is. It's just like, all right, dude, uh, we got what do we got here? We got midgets, uh, we got porn, and uh, pizza place. Okay. Uh, Done. Put it together. I mean, that's really close to the fucking the pizza gate. You know what I mean? It is. I just I, love... I, I just... I, I, dude, I love the idea of, like, the pizza gate guys, like, like when they went to storm the Capitol, being like, dude, they don't have a Domino's here. Where the fuck are we going to order pizza from? It's like, <laughs> uh, I think I know a place. The story of the Capitol, from a Canadian point of view, uh, we looked at it and we were like, well, the last people that did that were us, like 100 and something years ago. Yeah, started. the War of 1812. <laughs> yeah, there's the last people that showed up. We just burned down the White House for good measure. We're like, ah, fuck you guys. And then we went back up. Yeah. They're the last ones that did it. You might want to go back and listen to the last episode with Justin Decker because I talk about that and I say how uh, James Madison was, was president at the time of doing that. Mm-hmm. Probably built the first glory hole. Was pro- probably the first glory holding president in America. Like, We've had several since, you know. Yeah, glory holding presidents. Oh, for sure. You Dude, know, Bill Clinton had one installed. For There's sure. No I think LBJ probably was really because, like, it's LBJ used to fucking whip his dick out all the time at reporters and stuff. And that's did he? Yeah. Did you know, know that? that. Yeah. See, and now it's like you know that's the thing. It's like that's the thing with I think, Trump, he, I, I like, think that's oh, what he originally said about Vietnam. Was like, hey, you want to fucking fight Vietnam? Come and get some of this motherfucker. Like he whips out his dick. <laughs> 
People are like, you know what, dude? I guess we're going to invade Vietnam now. I guess, I guess that's we're going to have to put some feet on the ground over there. I got your, I got your Gulf, of, Gulf of Tonkin right here. Yeah, I got the Gulf of Tonkin up your fucking rice patty ass, motherfucker. <laughs> Check out this fucking tube steak. <laughs> and think what we would have missed if John F. Kennedy I mean, knew how to duck. Eisenhower was in the military. You know he knew his way around a glory hole. Oh, yeah. Eisenhower news. Don't get me started on Skull and Bones member George Bush and George H. George H. W. Bush and George W. Bush. Those Our politicians up here are so boring. They're yeah. just like, well, he bought the donuts from the wrong place. That was a scandal. I'm you, not kidding. You guys don't have the Skull and Bones fucking like. Uh, uh, these guys drink fucking come out of Geronimo's skulls, a part of a bonding ritual of college. Like, no, we don't have that, bud. We got the cold coffee and a toque. Yeah. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you guys don't have a and have a sip of the cold coffee. You guys don't have a bunch of fucking angry, bunch of fucking pedophiles from Ivy League schools. Fucking nah, we don't. Well, because we have a parliamentary system, so they, yeah. you know, they got it. It's a lot harder to get elected in, in the parliamentary system. You have to actually, you have to have some sort of like. You can't just get up there and be like, and uh, you know that thing you fear. Let's get rid of it. Like you can't just do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it works here, man. <laughs> I was saying, hey, dude, I was, hey, I want to build my entire act around it. I was joking on the Twitter over the weekend about how, like, uh, I want to uh, run for like senator or something. And my whole platform must be uh-huh. anytime one of those guys fucking gets does, does something that pisses us all off, I go over there and I punch him in the mouth. Like my entire platform. I would, I would vote for you if I could for that. Just the, the idea that you would just bring physical violence at that level of just like yeah. across the aisle. I'll put my hands across the aisle. Oh, you like guys. That. You guys don't want Medicare for all? Okay, fine. Bam, dude. Just punch Bam. him in the mouth. I'll give him 15 punches every hour until we raise that minimum wage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like, dude. You know, I you love know, the idea of the Senate bully. You're just shoving people in lockers. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, you guys are just using trans bathroom laws as a fucking way to masquerade from the fact that you don't want to do a wealth tax on the fucking 1%. All right, fine, motherfuckers. Hey. Hey Schumer, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting oh, yeah, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Senate bully. <laughs> they just hire you. The Democrats finally grow a spine and hire a Senate bully. Scott Bowser, Senate bully. Yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? You just got a switchblade. Yeah. Just stabbing. But you're gonna vote the right way, right? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> what are you gonna fucking try and filibuster this, huh? I'll filibuster you. I'm gonna filibuster uh, your fucking head wide open. You. I'll filibuster full of lead. You know, fucking Ivy League weenies. I'm fucking Ivy League weenies. See, this is what if you get nothing else out of this podcast, the idea of filming yourself as the Senate bully. I don't know how it's done, but it needs to exist. Oh, we got this all kinds of new characters. Senators Dude, over. Honestly, there's a lot of new characters coming out of this episode. You got the Senate bullies. Pretty good one. You got the Russian yeah, the improv Russian fucking improv. director. <laughs> Now, some conspiracy Ugh. theorists might try and link the two, mm. you know. And then, I mean, I got fucking Mr. The guy who lives in a shack and complains about Eskimo banking cartels. That, as we all know, that's true, though. He'll get, <laughs> he'll get elected and become the bully. And then, and then it'll turn out he's Russian improv. That's yeah. where that's, he's just, hey, well, it's just playing character the whole time. I was doing character, character the whole time. I am, I am God at making you think I am something you are not. <laughs> I need location, send it. I need occupation, bully. I you, think we have something. You Americans could not beat our most basic Russian chess computer. <laughs> Which is just a guy named Yuri with hat on. Looks yeah. like a robot. <laughs> He's very good at chess. 
Um, <laughs> if you had any Russian listeners, they've long since left. My my <laughs> yeah, my Russian. Fa- I I mean, I have had some downloads from there, and uh, actually, Belgium is where I get quite a few downloads in the, in the, really? in Europe. Yeah, it's weird. I could see that. Yeah. Shout out to Belgium, like, you guys. Fucking shout out to Belgium. Hey, Belgium. Keep, Bel- your, uh... keep Belgian it up, Belgium. Hey, uh, check out the all Flemish episode coming up soon. <laughs> You'll have to learn Flemish. I'm gonna learn Flemish for that, dude. That's oh man. I... Flemish would be a language like you guys don't offer Flemish. Uh, it's weird because it's like super. I have a friend who speaks Flemish. He's a comedian in Belgium, and he speaks he speaks Flemish and he speaks uh, Dutch and English. So Ooh. I'm like, wow, that's what's a lot weird, of. What's concepts. that weird language they have in Wales? Uh, Welsh. Like there's like a Welsh language. Gaelic? Yeah, like, it's like yeah, Gaelic. Well, it's not like I thought it was well, like a it's called bastardized version Welsh. of Gaelic kind of thing, right? Yeah, they speak Welsh. It's kind of it sounds a little bit like Irish, like actual Irish language. Yeah. So the Welsh. My grandmother was Welsh, so she would like every so often she oh she'd throw in the accent, wouldn't she? Like that. It's very it's a weird <laughs> accent. Yeah. So no, I got a little like, bit of Welsh blood because it. it's like uh, Jamaicans, man. We're like uh, like when they get into like it sounds like it's English. It's like do ya ba guy, do that ba, do that ba, do do ba guy, white well, boy. Like, bloop, bloop, bloop. When I was in, when I lived in England, and I was doing comedy there, because I, I, I actually was born there, and I was raised in Canada, but raised by uh, my parents are from Liverpool. Well, my mom is from just outside of Liverpool. They're both from there. My dad has a very proper accent, so my father's accent is very much like this, like very much more proper accent. Um, and my mum's accent's like fucking that, right? Like she's got that real accent. So I could do that when I was doing shows and it would blow their fucking mind, right? They didn't know they were ready for it because I would do, <laughs> do the shows <laughs> and I would come on stage and they'd be like, because my Canadian accent is, it, it sounds similar to American, like West Coast American, because yeah. that's what BC accent sounds like. We don't have that woot accent. That's not a thing. And so they would always think I was American. And then when I would do the accents, because at one point I was like, I was like, I, I would go out and I would be like, I'm Canadian, not American. Then I, you know, throw a couple of bones at shit on America. And then they'd start cheering and go, look at you applauding like you're not the America of Europe. And then I would just nail them to the ground for like 10 <laughs> minutes. You ever see people from this country on vacation? I can't believe they don't have fucking fish and chips in a beef. Like that. <laughs> and at that point, they'd be like, oh, he knows this. And it's like, yeah, I fucking do. Yeah. yeah. But that's the accent. If I was, if I grew you up. Can't throw, I it's like the old, uh, uh, you can't throw me out. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> If I had grown up where I was born, I'd have accent like that. Bit talking about look stoppy a podcast. Like which wouldn't really fit my act. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. It's gonna be this generic kind of boring. Fuck, I'm I was... a little mad because I've been wearing flannel and had a beard for years and now there's so many comics getting into my vibe. I'm like, I gotta shave and get a suit. I <laughs> dude, if I would have grown up where my dad grew up, I would have had a weird ass like Pennsylvania, uh like the Yinzer accent, like the Yins Yin's uh, hankering for a good time, are you? Like, kind of like. Oh wow, <laughs> that wouldn't be that fun, would, dude. That would I suck. well, because I had an English accent till I was like fourteen, I couldn't lose it, and um, and then the Canadian accent on top of the English accent sounds like a New England accent. Sometimes you say words like "bean." I was I had a meeting once years ago in the states, and the lady asked me. She goes, "What what part of Boston are you from?" I go, "I'm not from Boston." She goes, "Oh, because you say bean and stuff," and I was like, "Yeah, I guess it does sound. It has a little bit of." So that's that's why you could do you could just like lean into it so easy and you then know you just what? become burr. I've noticed sometimes a Boston like a uh, like a British accent sometimes sounds almost more like an American South accent if you strip it. It does, it can do, yeah. Yeah, it depends. And also the funny thing is is the Canadian accent to a lot of English people's ears sounds Irish. 
So they're confused by that too, because of those certain words we say. And then my accent is such a model. So I can do a lot of accents because I have a model of accents. I can kind of pick on them. You can kind like of that. draw back from it. So. Sure, so I can do that. No problem. Even I, I only do it. like one accent. I only do like a, you know, like a redneck, uh, lawyer, like a trial lawyer in the South. You know, it's just like, what I do declare what I have here is a case of a, a, a misidentified suspect. I, I do. I do declare. <laughs> I like it. If you do the podcast like that, people will be like, "Oh, see, now he's speaking our language." Yeah, <laughs> no, I, our I should. I should start uh, a podcast called the Southern Poverty Law Law, like <laughs> law Southern Poverty Law Podcast. <laughs> and just, and and people can, people turn on and they think questions. they're they think they're, they're gonna hear like a real person talking about like hate crimes and stuff and just be on there going like talking like foghorn leghorn just oh, <laughs> now it's <laughs> I do declare uh, a man cannot uh, harm an alligator on a Sunday while wearing a hat. Okay, that is something we cannot have happen. Now it's time for the advice portion yeah. of our show. Uh, <laughs> like Mr. Billy Ray has uh, written in and asked me, uh, dear sir, how do you get the black off your hands after a cross burning? Okay. Now, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's more like a do-it-yourself podcast. I yeah. think. That's more like a- <laughs> Hey, that's what this is. This is do-it-yourself, man. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All oh, right. my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, right. I think that's a good note to go out on. Actually, I think it is. I think you can't really go. You can't really follow cross burning, can you? Which no, is I why it sucks no. to be the closer to clan yeah, rally. If, if people, were... <laughs> my opening act. <laughs> you really set that the guy, stage on fire, huh? The little it was a little hack, but you know what I mean. Like it's just kind of blue. <laughs> Dude, uh, if you were listening to the show, you're like, oh, he's going to have a wholesome Canadian comic on to talk about. Uh, you know, tourist towns. Cause like one of the things is I did not list this show as a comedy podcast. I listed mm. it as like a lifestyle leisure and like society and culture show because I wanted to get on those. Tra- I think it's funnier to be on those charts than yeah. on comedy charts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mine's listed as a society and culture podcast and it's not a society. And culture yeah. Podcast. This is, like, if you got, if you got society and culture out of this, you're, fu- you're on more drugs than I am. And that's impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was a lot of fun, man. It was really yeah, nice dude. chatting with you. Thank you for having me on. Fuck yeah, good catching up. And uh, dude, you got anything you want to plug to the listeners? Um, Your podcast? I mean, I have a podcast called What's Wrong with Simon King. It's like a philosophy comedy podcast. And uh, I do that. And then, yeah, I mean, basically, like right now, there's nothing to plug. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. Check People out can your follow albums. Me on, yeah. yeah, they can follow me on Twitter, at Unfamous, if they want to do that. That'll be fun. We do some silly stuff over there. So. Oh, yeah, man. You're... you're uh... We go You're, back and forth. Yeah, we, we we go back and forth and make fun of stupid shit. That's exactly what it should be. That's what it should be. Honestly, to me, like I never grew up out of the Twitter, like the old school Twitter of just like calling everything gay with your friends kind of thing on there. <laughs> like acting like a fourteen year old boy, and it's like you know I'm never gonna really. That's those are my roots, dude. And someone wants to can't. I I think I went through and did a keyword search and deleted all the good <laughs> stuff. But oh, uh, I got to do that because I'm like I I I've got a special coming out at some point. I, I can't promote it yet because it's not, but it will be coming out soon. And I'm just like, my hope is that it gets successful enough that people start canceling me. I'm like, finally, oh. I will have made it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> no, you don't really make it until you get canceled. Ask Woody no, I Allen. Can't wait. I can't wait <laughs> because I have a good heart, and I'm like, I'm the one you want to cancel of all the monsters out there. You definitely want me, but I've got the weird mustache now. So yeah, dude. Uh, that, 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 <laughs> dude. You know what? I just realized you could really pull off a. a 
full on Sherwood Forest vibe with that mustache. Oh, I could actually. I got uh, my beard was longer before, and people always. I could see you as like thing. maybe not Robin Hood himself, but like Will Scarlet. I like that. I could take Will Scarlet. Yeah, I'd be like, little. Hey, how are you? Doing? I'd be little John, my my fucking hulking fat ass walking around. <laughs> I'd be regular. I'd be family size John. <laughs> that's a lot of john there's a lot uh, of johns over there that's a lot of john <laughs> hey little john why don't you meet me in the john robin's gonna <laughs> fucking shoot some arrows to make a glory hole for us in here i was gonna say there's there's the there's the place to end it come yeah. back to the glory hole. Back, yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's called that's called a callback for people not in the, in the industry. Oh, he he doesn't forget his comedy chops that easy, folks. Oh no, dude, it's like, it's like breathing. You know, you can't yeah. you can't not be a fucking asshole. That's basically what it comes down. You got to do it. That's why people got to follow you on Twitter. Yeah, follow. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott yeah. underscore Bowser. I think most of you do already. I mean, and if you, if you don't follow me on Twitter, let me know how you found out about the show. I, I, yeah, you know, that's a interesting. That'd be interesting. Thing. It's exciting. Interesting thing for me to do. All right, buddy. I right. will uh, talk to you soon. And uh, listeners, I will say goodbye to y'all on the back end. Bye-bye. And that was Simon King, man. I told you guys that was a good one, man. I, uh, I, you know, I, I apologize to the Eskimo banking cartel, but, you know, someone had to, had to crack the story on that one, you know, and I'm the guy to do it. Make sure you go to social media and follow us on Twitter and at Instagram at LuxSoftsPod. And please, please, please go to patreon.com slash LuxOpsPod for exclusive bonus content where I say all kinds of stuff that I wouldn't say on here. And if you hear what I say on here, you realize I don't, I, I mean, I really cut loose over there because, you know, I realize only a handful of people are going to actually hear it. So thank you so much, everybody. And uh, coming up uh, pretty soon, uh, what, this weekend, Sunday, uh, big announcement. I'm doing a March Madness bracket special with... Uh, Justin Decker, Maddie Goldberg, uh, comedian Mike Holmes, and then my brother Brett. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to break down the tournament and help everybody get their gambling strategy together. And with that gambling strategy, make sure you take advantage of our mybookie.ag promo, promo code LSH for 50% bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. Thank you so much, everybody, and I'll see you next week with Cornell Reed and Andrew Holmgren. Bye-bye, everyone.